Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boucher, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Hey there, welcome to episode 34 of the Equipping ELLs podcast. I hope that you are enjoying your summer and have had some time doing the things that really refresh you and get you ready to head back into the school year. If you're listening to this live, I know many of you are starting to get into thinking about this upcoming school year. I want to know, how does that make you feel? Are you starting to get some of those feelings back of feeling stressed or overwhelmed or the scariest of a new year upon you? Well, I do not want you to feel that way. I absolutely want you to head into this year refreshed and ready, excited and prepared. And that's why today's episode, I'm going to be addressing an area that I think many of us struggle with. And I really believe it's one of the biggest areas that adds stress to our day as an ESL teacher or as a teacher of ELLs. Can you guess what it is? It's lesson planning. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about three common problems ESL teachers face when they are lesson planning and how to solve them. Are you ready to go? Let's dive in. So on a scale of one to 10, one being terrible, 10 being amazing, how would you rate yourself on how you lesson plan? I find that there are three different types of lesson planners. We have our first type, which is our meticulous planner. You are spending so much time. You have everything written down. You have everything ready. You're prepared, but it takes you a long time to get there. The school year starts, you really have little time outside of your days for anything else because you're spending so much time lesson planning. Or you might be more of 
this type, which in all honesty was me when I first started teaching, and this was the winging it type. You had a rough idea of what you needed to do, of what you wanted to do. You pulled a few things. Um, You usually had copies made a day ahead of time or sometimes right at that lunch before the lesson. (laughs) So usually you're finding yourself planning one day ahead and a lot of times you kind of scrap those plans in the moment to do something different. Sometimes that works out for you. Sometimes it adds more stress. So maybe that's you, more of that winging it type. Or maybe you have found the sweet spot that you have found how you can quickly plan for rigorous lessons. You're really identifying what your students need. You're preparing resources that are engaging and interactive for them to use. And it's not taking you all the time. How wonderful does that sound? Well, that's where I want all of us to be by the end of this episode is in that sweet spot because lesson planning is crucial. It's vital but we also don't need to spend all of our hours after school on the weekends lesson planning. As we say in our Equipping ELLs membership, we are helping you to get off that lesson planning hamster wheel. We want you to be confident and we want you to go forward with excitement about your lesson plans and have that time back every day. So we're going to cover three problems today that are very common And I'm going to give you some solutions of how you can fix that for this upcoming year. The first problem that many teachers of ELLs encounter is that you don't know what your students need. And so you feel like you're not doing enough. So this is where teaching ELL students and teaching in a homeroom classroom is very different. In your homeroom classroom, many times you have already the assessments written out for you. You have them ready to go. You know the standards that you are targeting and you can use the assessments and standards to really figure out where your students are at and who needs more support. And that makes it very clear. When we work with ELLs, it's not as clear. One, because we still have those content standards that we're working on identifying where our students are at and how do we scaffold and support so they can reach those same expectations in their grade level, but also because we're adding in the language component. And so when we add in the language component, that adds in a lot of complexity to figuring out where our students are at. Because even if you have, you could have a second grader, maybe that second grader is at a four on speaking, a two on reading, a one on writing, and a five on listening. They're all over on their different domains. And that's how many of our students are. So how do we really know what that student needs from me? And that's where a lot of us find that struggle and where we're spending a lot of our time is just that constant doubt in the back of our head that this isn't what they need. This isn't doing enough. I'm not sure what they need. So I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping something sticks. And once we go through that process for a while, we get, we get really tired. We get really burnt out. And then we just start to find things that fill time. Because again, if we're not really aware of what our students need, we're now just into a time filling activities. And that's where we go and search and find and print and just put it into our classroom because it's something to do. And so what's our solution for this problem? Well, it's just like what I was talking about that their homeroom teachers have. 
The solution is to begin with clear standards and assessments to know where your students are at and where you want to go. We have to do this in order to not just be throwing spaghetti against the wall. We have to have a clear path of where we want to take our students and so that we continue to come back to that. We continue to focus on those goals that we have set. Otherwise, the school year begins, the stress of it all, and the speed at which the school year runs all starts to pick up and we lose track and lose sight of what we were targeting for that first quarter, the second quarter, and so on. And then we just start to throw in anything. And so this is really where the solution is, is lying in finding the standards and assessments that work for your students. So some tips on how to do that, because we really, this is our my goal for you this year, that we continue to bring it back to our students. We continue to fight off that, that feeling of having to go so fast and full speed ahead and our students get lost behind. So I want to challenge you this year, have clear goals, keep coming back to them, keep checking in on them. When you have clear goals set before the quarter, it is going to remind you of what you are teaching to, what your learning targets are, and it's going to help your students also have an awareness of where you're going. What are you working on? What's the expectation for them? And a big thing with our ELLs is that we want to be praising them along this journey. We want to be celebrating those quick wins, those small wins, because learning a new language is a long process. It's a tiring process. It can be really discouraging many times. And so if our students are always feeling discouraged, if they're always feeling like they are behind and they'll never catch up to their peers, and sadly, sometimes that's the sentiment that they feel inside our schools, then they're going to give up. They're not going to want to keep pursuing this. But if along the way we have these really clear and tangible goals and we celebrate when they reach those goals, that's going to help them to build confidence. And that's going to help ramp them up to continue to want to go the long haul and learn English. Hey teachers, I'm interrupting this episode to ask you a quick question. How different would your life be if you could confidently plan effective and engaging lessons for your yellow students in a fraction of the time? I created my membership equipping ELLs to do just that. When you join, you gain instant access to the exact resources you need, proven and prepped for you, plus a supportive private community of like-minded educators. Join us today at www.equippingells.com. Now back to the episode. So how do you do that? You can choose goals in a variety of different ways and you can go back. I'll link the episode in here, but I do a whole episode on how do you set up your goals. And inside there, I give you a freebie that's going to help you easily and quickly identify your goals for K through eight for all the quarters ahead of time. I'll link that in the show notes because it's vital to go back and listen in on where do I even begin with this? Because sometimes even if you're, you know, some of you, many of you are in the WIDA states, or you're in a state that has its own language standards. 
And so that's a great place to start. But if you're like me, sometimes you sit down, you open those up, and again, you're just overwhelmed with the amount of information that's given to you and really the lack of clarity and framework that's provided with those. So a lot of times we have to sit and really think, discuss, and try to figure out, dissect what it is that these ELL students are supposed to do. And so we've taken a lot of that out for you because I want you to be able to quickly have some tangible goals that when you read them, they make sense. I've read many, many different sets of language standards. And if we don't understand them, how are we going to teach them? And how are our students going to understand them? So we wanted to really break it down and help you to have really clear and tangible goals. Because when you have a clear and tangible goal, you know what you need to do to teach that, to reach that, and your students are going to know what to do. So when I'm speaking about tangible goals, I'm talking about be realistic. If you're working with newcomers, what realistically should they be able to do by the end of the first quarter? Start with the first quarter. Think that through. Okay, if they can respond to a yes-no question, that's a great step for listening domain. If they can greet a peer or an adult by the end of the first quarter, that's a great speaking goal. We're not watering it down. We're not dumbing it down. We're giving them goals that are realistic for their language level. And when they can do that, then they ce- you celebrate that. You show them, hey, look at you were able to greet this teacher that just walked in. That's amazing. That's building the confidence they need. If we set these goals that are just, ex- they're out of their language expectations, then it's going to make them feel constantly discouraged. That's the opposite of what we want. So look and think through clear and tangible goals. If you are a new ESL teacher, we are here to help you. If you're a veteran ESL teacher, and this is really something you haven't grasped yet, we're here to help you. So I'll put that link in the show notes, check out that episode on setting up quarterly goals, because when we have that clarity, we can then plan easier. But without that, and I, I've talked to a lot of you, a lot of our members inside Equipping LLs, and they say the same thing. Even teachers who are, are in states that really support ELLs and they're in schools that have a huge population of ELLs, you know, they're just saying the support is not there. I don't have a scope and sequence. I have very little direction on what I'm supposed to be doing with these students. Or maybe I have something that was created 10 years ago and in all reality, it's really outdated. So I don't use it. And so you're not alone in this. We are here to help. Stay focused on the goals that you set before each quarter. That's going to help make your lesson planning go easier. And it's going to help you have confidence because you're going to know, okay, we're still working on this goal and we're going to keep working on this goal until I can see that all my students are proficient in it. Now let's move on to problem number two. Maybe this you can relate to this one. I am planning only one day ahead. Every night I feel like I have to take things home. Can anyone relate? (laughs) This is really a mindset shift. And what I have found, because I'm the same way, is that as teachers, we feel this constant nagging on us that we are not doing enough, that we have to do more, that just by bringing my bag home full of my lesson plans and books, will make me do more. And that's, I'm I'm only going to be a good teacher if I'm spending all my life thinking about school during the school year. 
And that is just not true. We, just like our ELL students, we know that they hit a limit of really where they need to stop thinking in English, stop working in English. They need to go back to their native language. So I encourage teachers to encourage parents that at home to continue speaking native languages because they just hit a cap. They can't do it all day long. It's not going to help them. Their brain gets tired. The same thing with us. We hit a cap. We cannot spend all of our time lesson planning. A lot of times we see that, you know, even at night, if we take something home, we don't open the bag. Or if we do, we're really distracted, not excited about it and begrudgingly kind of try to do something to make myself feel better that I'm being productive when I'm not. So let's be realistic about this. Let's say the reality is, you know what, we cannot do it all and that's okay. So let me use my time better during the school day so that I can leave my bag at school and feel 100% okay with that, that I can leave work and know I am ready for the week and I am not going to take things home. And if you are someone that is taking things home and you're thinking that is not possible, I need to take stuff home. Well, we're here to help you. (laughs) This is part of our lesson planning support group because I think you can get to a point where you don't need to. It might take some time. And so our solution for that, besides just having a mindset shift and saying, you know what, I'm going to leave this at school and it's going to be okay. Our solution because you don't want to come in the next day and realize, oh, I didn't get prepared and now I'm not ready for the day. And that's, you know, when the stresses also happen, the solution is to set up clear routines and structures for the week. Okay. So you want to set up clear routines and structures for the week. This not only helps you lesson plan because it will help you plug in what you need to work on that week with whatever content you're working on or whatever skill you're working on. But it also helps your students because when they know they walk in your class on a Monday and they know, oh, on Mondays we work on vocabulary and we front load and we, we build background. I know this is what's the expectation of me on this day. They get really familiar with the routine and that is so important for them. It helps lower that affective filter so that they do not feel uncomfortable or worried about what's going to happen in that class because they feel they know what's going to happen. They feel comfortable in that. They feel safe, which then is going to help them to take risks, be vulnerable, speak more, try more things because they they have that framework. They have that expectation set up. So when we can set up routines and structures for the week, it doesn't just help us, but it really does help our students. So let me just quickly run through an example of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about structures and routines. So let's say you're working with newcomers. Here are some ideas of things you could do to set up structures and routines with newcomers. Every Monday that they come in, you front load vocabulary, maybe five to six words. Don't do too many. Again, we're always trying to build confidence in them. So from the last week, you review those words and they remember them. Imagine how excited they're going to be. Imagine how that's going to fuel them for this upcoming week. So choose five to six words and then use those words in context. Provide sentences for them provide a story that has those words in it. If we're talking about newcomers, then of course they're going to be, you know, that foundational basic survival vocabulary to begin. If we're talking about intermediates, try to connect it to the content that they're learning in their homeroom classroom. So anything you can do on Monday to front load, to build background, to make connections is huge. 
because there's where we're going to begin building that schema that they're going to need throughout the whole week and that we hope lasts for years. The next day then on day two is to pull out a grammar skill, one grammar skill that you're going to do a mini lesson on. You're going to do different activities to help them understand this grammar. Remember, English grammar is really difficult. (laughs) So take the time that it needs. And this is, you know, where you have that privilege to go slower. If you see they're really not understanding it, find more ways to incorporate games and activities that they can play around with the language and play around with that grammar skill. Day three, speaking. We constantly want to be applying what they are learning. So provide a speaking game, do an interactive activity where they have speaking prompts and then they have to talk with a peer about them or in a small group. Get If that becomes normal in your classroom that they know they're going to be speaking and it's going to be fine, they're not going to get made fun of, then they're going to speak and they'll enjoy it and it'll be fun. So incorporate that in your week. Apply what they are learning. Then day four can be a reading activity. And you might be thinking newcomers are not ready for reading or writing. They absolutely are. We need to expose them to these domains. These are the last domains that are developed. And if we just push them aside until they're ready, then it's too late. So we want exposure to those skills. Reading might be as simple as concept of print. If you're working with students who speak other languages that are, you know, Arabic, things like that, where it's you're just relearning how we how we write letters, the direction we write letters, the direction we read things, all of that. That could be a great place to start. And then it could be as simple as highlighting vocabulary words in a story or a closed activity where they have to identify which vocabulary word would go there and write it. So there's ways that you can scaffold that depending on your group, but begin to start reading. And then last day would be writing. Anytime you can extend into writing after you front loaded and spent all that time on these topics, do it. Don't miss out on that opportunity. So writing again for a newcomer can be as simple as tracing. They need to work on, you know, writing the letters in English. It might be as simple as, you know, identifying a vocabulary word in a sentence, or it might be as simple as finishing a sentence if they're ready for that. So those are some different ways that you can set up a routine and then you just plug in what you are doing based on that routine. So it helps you to not have gaps in your lesson planning and to really stay focused on what your students need. Now, if you're working with intermediates, similar to that, I would say day one, again, front loading that vocabulary, connecting it to content. Anytime you connect it to what they're learning in the homeroom classroom is important. Then day two, find a reading passage. Find something that interests the kids. There are so many websites that you can find great differentiated level reading passages. I also have some in my teacher's page, teacher store or inside equipping ELs that you can check out and use with your students. So finding a reading passage because we want at this level to really be focusing on the reading and writing domain. We still need to work on listening and speaking, but at this level, we really are going to hone in on the reading and writing. So spend that time. This is why I love doing close reading with ELLs is because it gives them multiple opportunities to read the same passage, to go deeper on it, to really think about it. They need that multiple exposure. Spend a day or two working on a specific reading passage, pulling out grammar from it, the vocabulary, asking questions about it all. You can do all of that with one passage. And that's going to help you streamline your lesson planning process. If you can pull one passage and pull all of that out of it, how simple is that? 
And then, like I said, extend it with writing. Do, even if it's just a one sentence summary, always extend with writing. If you're spending that much time on doing all the other build up with the language domains, you don't want to miss out on that opportunity to do writing. Let's head into our problem number three. This is a very common problem and rightfully so. The problem is that you're planning lessons for each grade level and language level that you work with. Anyone relate there? I know many of you juggle multiple grade levels, multiple language levels, and you are planning 10, 11, 12 different groups a week. That is overwhelming. That takes a lot of time. So what are some things you can do to help streamline that process? Well, the solution for that is to use resources that can easily be scaffolded for different grade and language levels. You do not need to use something different for every grade level. Okay, I'm giving you that permission now. You do not need to use something different for every grade level. And I'm gonna give you some ideas of things you can use for multiple grade levels. Because if you're planning different lessons for all of those groups, you will get exhausted. You will get burnt out because that's a lot to do every single week. So let's look at some ways that you can use multiple things. The first thing is picture prompts. Picture prompts are the easiest way to plan for multiple groups. You can use a picture prompt with a newcomer by just discussing what vocabulary they see in it, or you sharing the vocabulary and then repeating the vocabulary And then maybe eventually they can answer a question about the picture or they can create a sentence that they're going to share with their partner about it. Using one picture prompt, you can do all of that with a newcomer. And then with your intermediates, use that same picture prompt and then have them pull out the vocabulary, have them answer some questions, have them make some connections. Maybe they do it while talking with a peer, or maybe they have a journal that every day they get it out and they respond to the picture through writing. Okay, those are powerful ways to really develop those domains, and they don't have to take a lot of prep work on your part. Another way that I love is to use read-alouds. There's so much research behind the power of read-alouds for all grade levels. Finding a read-aloud that you can use that drives home, you know, a point that you want to make. Maybe it's a social story that you want to have this discussion about with all your students, or maybe it's content related, but finding a read aloud and then planning scaffolded activities, depending on the groups you're working with. So this is where in that read aloud, I'm sure you can pull out a grammar skill that maybe your fourth graders are struggling on, or maybe you find a paired passage that then they're going to use that week based off of the book that you read. Or maybe they're going to, you're going to record it and it's going to become a listening center for your newcomers so that they've heard you read it and now they can go listen to it on their own. There's so many ways that you can take a read aloud and then just scaffold it for the groups that you have. And it helps to kind of guide you and it gives you that framework of what to do with your students with a different level. So you're not redoing every lesson all the time. And then the last thing is games. And that's, you know, especially creating templates that like memory, bingo, those types of games that once they become familiar with how to play them, you can just sub in and out the vocab depending on the grade level you're working with. But once they know how to play them, then they can start to do that independently. And so that's always a great use of time so that you're not constantly planning and planning and planning for all your groups is to have these games, these go-to games that you incorporate because 
learning language has to be fun and, and doing it through games is a great way to engage your students and help them realize or not even realize they're speaking out loud, but that they just do it because they're so into the game. Find different games that you can use across grade levels. Goodwill is a great resource to go and see what games they have for very cheap that you can use. There's, they have so many language games there. So, all right, just to recap, our, what we talked about today is we first need to begin with clearly identifying goals and using our standards and assessments to guide our instruction. Then we also want to set up consistent routines and structures for the week. And the last solution that I gave you today is to re- repeat resources and use common tools for multiple groups. Now there's one more problem that I have come across. And this actually, I think is one of the biggest problems that our teachers are having. And that's that it sounds great. I can apply this, but I'm still going to be spending a lot of time finding resources. Can anyone relate? Well, if you are feeling that, that you're spending a lot of time finding resources, and then you have to redo the resources to really fit your group of students, I want to invite you to join me inside equipping ELLs. Equipping ELLs is a membership for busy teachers of ELLs, where we provide you with all the curriculum you need for newcomers and intermediates, grades K through 12. We provide an incredible community of hundreds of passionate educators and different coaching opportunities so that you feel empowered to equip your English language learners at whatever level they're at. So if the resources is something that's really taking up a lot of your time and you would love to really take that off your plate this year, you would love to have a place that you can go where you can download, print, and teach without that prep work with the lesson plans already done for you. We want to make it as simple as possible. Then come join us inside Equipping ELLs. You can find out more in the show notes or by going to equippingells.com. I'd love to hear more about the problems that you're facing when it comes to lesson planning, because when we can tackle lesson planning and really streamline that process, you are going to have so much more time to do the things you love. And also when you're confident that your lessons are what your ELLs need, you're going to go into school each day, excited again to be teaching. And that's what I want for you and your students. So please reach out if there's other problems that you're facing when it comes to lesson planning, and we are here to help support you. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.